You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. God's not given up on me. It's the title of this devotion. And I'm not just using that title to come up with some title, but for me that is one of the great realities of His mercy and grace towards me that in all the 60 plus years that I've been alive, the Lord has never given up on me. And you know, this was something Lord Jesus taught in so many different ways to show the people that the same mercy He had given us, we should give to others, and that we should never forget how merciful God has been with us, that He has not condemned us for our sins, but sent His Son to pay the penalty for those sins, so that He would not condemn us, but save us through what Jesus had done for us. And that that is the great gospel. You know, when the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, they did not come out because they were better than the Egyptians or that they were righteous in their walk before God. No, the opposite. God was really angry with them because they wouldn't put away the idols from their eyes. But he commanded them to take the blood of an innocent sheep, animal, lamb and put its blood on the doorposts and the lintel of their house while inside they were eating the meat of that same lamb. And while they ate its meat and its blood was a witness on the door that they were partaking of the lamb, judgment was not allowed to enter because the lamb kept the judgment from touching them. And when John the Beloved in the Gospel of John, uh, no, excuse me, when John the Baptist in the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 29 saw Jesus coming towards him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that is not just for us down here as human beings, but for all eternity. When you look in heaven in the book of Revelation, And the cry goes out from John the Beloved because nobody was found in heaven on earth and under the earth. Where did he open the scrolls? The scroll of God's will for mankind. All the whole of heaven began to sing that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was worthy. He was worthy and they saw him in the throne as a lamb that was slain. So even in heaven... For all eternity, we will give praise to God for the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who gave His blood, His life, for our salvation. So it lies right at the root of my daily devotion. It lies at the root of my, of my whole gratitude towards my Father that motivates me, like Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ compels me, controls me, motivates me, moves me. And I feel that love in my life today, and this is what I want to talk to you about. And you know, it is absolutely phenomenal that God hasn't given up on you. Come on, think about it. I find it overwhelming. I don't deserve it. God should have given up on me many times, but He's never given up on me. And I want to encourage you to believe that your Heavenly Father loves you and has not given up on you. 
And I want to read you these little thoughts here from Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 32. Just listen to this for just a second, please. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest to them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes as clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal powers of the Godhead, so that they are without excuse again. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man of birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up. So why did they give him up? Why did God give up, give up on somebody? Because they refused to acknowledge him as God and to be thankful to him. He gave them up to uncleanness, in the lust of their heart, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever, and amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also men, leaving the natural use of the woman burnt in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in this themselves the penalty of the error that was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things that are not fitting, being filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They were whisperers, gossips, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve those who practice them. And the Apostle Paul here shows the reason why God gives up on people, because they refuse to acknowledge Him as God. They refuse to worship Him to praise him. It says in verse 28, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Therefore, God gave them over. What does it mean God gave them over? What did he give them over to? He gave them over to their own debased way of thinking. And they became morally reprehensible, morally 
ungodly, morally evil. Their desires completely begin to destroy them. Their lusts begin to destroy them. Their ways became perverted. That's God giving somebody over. So what does it mean for God not having given up on you? Your moral consciousness is yielding to his making and his shaping to be like him, to be conformed to him, to be innocent of immorality and to be wise concerning what is honest, upright and good towards others, to be able to look at somebody without burning with lust for them, that you as men can look at women without, without having unclean thoughts because God didn't give you over. He's transforming you into his likeness because you acknowledge him, you worship him. Do you see how God's not given up on you because you still keep loving him, seeking him, searching for him, wanting his way? And maybe when you have unclean thoughts or unclean ways, you say, oh Lord, cleanse me, wash me in your blood, Lord. Wash me white as snow. Do you see how wonderful it is when you've not been given up by God? You know, there's an amazing part in the scripture where after the day of the great feast of tabernacles, September, October, after the priest had taken water from the pool of Siloam and poured it over the altar while the people were worshiping from Isaiah chapter 12 that the Lord's no longer angry, but that now we may come and draw from the well of salvation with gladness. It's a beautiful, small little chapter 12, but that is what the people were singing at the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, while Jesus cried out, If any of you thirst, let him come unto me, and out of your innermost being will come a river of life-giving water. And this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, who had not yet been given, for Jesus had not yet been glorified. You read that in John 7:37. And after this had happened, the next day Jesus was in the temple teaching the people, and while he was teaching them, a woman caught in the act of adultery was brought before him. Let's look it up there in John. Let's look it up there in John chapter 8. Early in the morning he came, verse 2, again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out... Um, went out one by one, beginning at the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. So he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Yes. 
So what was Jesus doing by riding in the dust? What was he doing? Well, he was fulfilling what it is written in the scripture here. It says there, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me, says the Lord, shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. The previous day, these Pharisees and scribes were singing with joy we might draw from the fountain of living waters. So what? Why were they being convicted? Because Jesus was acting on the word. The word. He was riding in the dust as in your lives will disappear dust to dust and ashes to ashes and have no eternal value and glory to it if you act in this manner of condemnation. Because you are just as guilty as she is because none of us are without sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of them were convicted by the truth that Jesus was bringing by the word. And they all left and could not condemn her. And Jesus said, where are your accusers? Are there none? She said, no, Lord, there aren't any. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Right? So everybody had let go of their stones they were holding to kill this woman. You know what I find so painful? And I'm talking to you about God's not giving up on me. You know what I find so painful? When you know the Heavenly Father hasn't given up on you, and yet you can be you, me, me, we, we can be so quick to give up on others. Ah, I'm, I'm done with them. I forget it. Nah, I'm, no, no, I'm not going to. I don't want to talk to him anymore. I don't want to see him anymore. You know, and we're quick to give up on others when God has never given up on us. You know, I find it so painful that these Pharisees and scribes were so ready to condemn this woman, but they were not willing to look at their own life. Because while they were standing, all of them, and none of them could throw a stone at her, Jesus spoke to them. It says it here. And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And they came against him. Oh, they rebuttaled him, rebuttaled him, rebuttaled him. And Jesus said to them, look at it, verse 31. Jesus said to these Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. They were convicted that they could not condemn this woman. They couldn't kill her with the stones. Why? Because they felt they themselves weren't perfectly right with God. Then when Jesus said, the same mercy that you see I gave to this woman, I want to give to you. You know, all of us can be trapped in an offense against people. 
I know I have, I've been trapped at times. Virginia's had to look at me and say, honey, your fuse is too short. You, you, you're being too quick to come down. And, I, and it shocked me. And I quickly turned to the Lord in prayer and, and got my heart sorted because it was without me realizing being a bit hard. But you see, we all can be trapped in that we easily give up on others when God doesn't give up on us. So Jesus was ready to give the same man that had been trapped in the offense against a woman the same grace and mercy she received. And then they threw, wanted to throw stones at him. It says it there. And Jesus slipped out from among them. And he found a man there at the gate of the temple who was born blind. And he anointed his eyes with the spittle and the mud that he had made with his spittle and said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And the man came back seeing. And Jesus said, for this purpose I've come, to help those who think they can see realize how blind they really are and to help those who can't see to be able to see. And these same Pharisees said to Jesus, are you saying we are blind? And Jesus said, because you insist to think you can see the sin that you would have been forgiven of remains in your life. And I tell you, I don't want to be somebody that is quick to give up on others when the Lord doesn't give up on me. I want that same love with which he loved me be there for others. And I seek that through my union with Jesus. Jesus said in John, in Luke chapter 6, verse 36, Be merciful, even as your heavenly Father is merciful. So I want to intercede with you. When you have your moment that you got snared and said, Okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. No. Come on. No. No. Let go of it. Let go. Just as your heavenly Father has never, never held on to any charge against you but has every time allowed the blood of Jesus to cleanse it and has every time allowed the spirit of Jesus Christ to bring you back into that fellowship with him again and again and again so that he's always there for you that same spirit of mercy that doesn't give up on you God wants to flow out of you like a river to others so that when people come around you they can drink they can drink from this phenomenal fountain that God has opened up for us. Oh, I tell you the truth. I love this verse here in Zechariah chapter 13. It's the last chapter of Zechariah. It says, In that day a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Oh, that fountain, that river, that marvelous grace in which we live. There is a fountain filled with blood flowing from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, lose all. You know the song. My goodness, we ought to sing it, we ought to sing it, we ought to sing it. And we ought to stay under that fountain that God opened for us from which the blood flows, cleansing our hearts and minds and keeping us holy before God by the spirit of life in Christ. And that same fountain needs to flow through us and that people can feel that there's hope for me. Every time they come around you, they feel there's hope for me. There's hope for me and they feel loved, they feel forgiven. 
Oh, hallelujah, when the Heavenly Father doesn't give up on you and you have that same loving heart of your Father to not give up on others and that day, every time they come around you, say, you know, I don't know what it is. Whenever I come around you, I feel there's hope for me. Whenever I come around you, I feel, you know, that there's a future for me. And that's what the Lord says, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have towards you. They're for a hope and for a future. And you will seek me because you will find me as you search for me with all your heart. That's a promise. I'll be there for you. And I will encourage you to keep coming back to me because I will always be there for you. And I want that same Holy Spirit's love pouring into my heart day and night that I can have that same Spirit, Fathers, don't you? Amen. Have a good day.